0: Well, who's ready for the word this morning? Who loved last week? Yeah. <laughs> wise men. Who was here last week? Wise men. We spoke about wise men for the two services. We made it a series and, uh, and we thought, you know, we saw the nativity scene and we see the wise men, we see the sheep, we see Joseph and Mary, we see all that. And so uh, this morning I thought I'd carry on from that, um, going to another two character's Uh, that are integral to the uh, story and the birth of Jesus. But um, wise men, it's just a great concept because we learnt last week that what? Wise men seek Jesus. That was a test. (laughs) Wise men seek Jesus. And so if you're here in the morning, wise men seek Jesus. If you're here at night also too, wise men win souls. And there's a purpose for wise men. But uh, this morning I, I want to talk about two people uh, that are integral to the to the story of Jesus. And this is uh, Joseph and Mary. Does anyone ever sit back and think of how privileged Mary was? Or how, much, how privileged Joseph was? Um, you know, you've got to realise is that uh, Mary was the mother of Jesus and Joseph was the stepfather. Really. You know, they entrusted they were entrusted to parent the Son of God. They were entrusted to to parent the Saviour of the world. Who reckons there was some pressure right there? Like, I, I know raising my kids, there's a bit of pressure, but when you're given the Saviour of the world, you know, like you would want to wrap them in bubble wrap. Like, you know, you wouldn't want to, you know, if Jesus fell over, Mary would be straight there. You know. Damn. You think about it. Like, if you read through the Scriptures, they lost the Saviour of the world. Like... How could you lose the saviour of the world? Uh, sorry, God, we just lost your son. Like, how, like, sometimes it's enough for me to try to explain to Carolina, you know, sorry, he just fell and hurt himself, or I just lost one, or, you know, like, even last night, we just lost one. Um, like, we had four of them, and then one was gone. Um, and, and trying to tell Carolina, it's okay, we'll just go... No, we had to find that one. But imagine going to God. God, I've just lost your son. I've lost the saviour of the world. Your plan is no longer in existence right now. It's not going to happen. There's not going to be a... But I reckon up in heaven, it would have been Gabriel going, God, I told you this is a bad idea. I told you to, you know, you're trusting humans right now. Come on, we could have done it better, God. There could have been another. You know, imagine those things, you know, Who knows that sometimes God ideas aren't necessarily just good ideas? Anyone realise that? It's like God comes up with an idea and you're like, Really? Really, God? Is that gonna work? Like, you know, you hear it, you, you see it, you know, you dream it, and then you go, No way, that's not gonna work. But then all of a sudden you trust God and this is where faith comes in and all of a sudden a miracle takes place. It's like that moment. Everything just seems to work for good and it comes down to trust. And so looking at the life of Mary and Joseph, I want to take a couple of characteristics from them. The first thing I want to look at is Mary. Is Mary, she had a willingness. She had a willing heart. Like, she had a willing heart. It's like, how would you feel if an angel rocked up and said this to you in Luke 1 verse 3. You have found favour with God and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and his name will be called Jesus. Well, look at it. Mary's a peasant girl. She's from the city of Galilee. She's a Nazareth. And to top it all off, she isn't even married yet. Like, how would you feel? How would you feel if an angel came to you and said that? Rocks up. You know, there's, there's a few things here that I, that I look at. Is that you found favour. All of a sudden, you're going to bring forth the saviour of the world, and you're not married. You know, she would have been the talk of the town. Do you realise that? You know, the women at the well. You know, you know women always talk. (laughs) Nothing is sacred sometimes. But at the well, there would have been, have you heard about Mary? Have you heard what's happening? Have you heard, like, you know, she's not even married yet, but she's putting on a little bit of weight. She's got a little bit of a bump. True. Right there, her life would have changed. There would have been some talk you know, Gabriel turned up on an assignment and it was a defining moment for Mary right there. All those things were of, But all of a sudden, she has the right response. You know, our willingness to the things of God is what propels us into the purposes of God. Do you realise that? Our willingness to the things of God is what propels us into the purposes of God. You know, her response in Luke... One thirty-eight is this, is behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Her response was that of willingness. Was that of right now, I I can either reject this or I can be willing to take hold of the purposes that God has for my life right now. Who knows that's a pretty big purpose. Her whole life is about to change. People are about to talk about her. But Mary's willingness to submit and empty herself of her rights to her own body yielded the greatest miracle of all for humanity. To empty the rights herself of her rights. Well, think about it today. Right now in the society that we live, it's all about my rights, isn't it? It, It's all about me. It's all about me and my rights. It's all about my body. It's all about what I choose. But all of a sudden an angel rocks up and says to Mary, hey, listen, behold, you're going to conceive. This is what's going to happen. She had no right right there. She was like, whoa, hang on. But her response, her willingness is let it be. How many times do we resist God because it's going to be hard? How many times do we resist God because it's not part of our. She had a plan. She was getting ready for this wedding. That wedding dress had already been fitted, it already fitted. But now all those plans are out the window. She had a willingness. She had a willingness. For some of us, God says, hey, how about you speak that? No, God, it's out of my plan. I've got coffee. Too bad. I haven't had my coffee. I can't talk right. This is, you know, Moses had the same issue. Go to Pharaoh. I I, I stutter. I can't. We'll take someone with you. Go. We need to have a willingness to see the purposes of God fulfilled in our life. A willingness to say yes. Martin Luther one of the figures of the Reform movement in the 16th century said the virgin conception was God's greatest miracle in Mary's life. Wasn't, but the fact of her faith in God was perhaps the greatest miracle of all. The greatest miracle of all was perhaps her faith in God, her faith to say yes, her willingness for God to even choose her must have meant that she had impeccable character and unwavering faith. There was something about her. The defining moment was the one that would alter the way people look at her for the rest of her life. Do you realise that? For the rest of her life. You read through scripture and you find that people judged Jesus because of why, because of Mary, because he was... What? Conceived out of what? Wedlock. You read it in Scripture. Who is this man? Who is this prophet? Who is this one that is doing all the miracles? That can't be. He's from Nazareth. He's from Mary. We know the story. We've seen it. We've heard of it. They were the rumors around the well. But her willingness to defy the rumors, her willingness to say yes brought a miracle to all humanity. Mary had a willingness to say yes. When God gets a hold of your life, it alters the way people look at you. When God gets a hold of your life, it alters the way people look at you. They can't deny that there is a change. They can't deny that there is something different about you. They can't deny that there is something that has taken place. All of a sudden, your language starts to change. All of a sudden, the way you act starts to change. All of the way, the way you hold yourself starts to change. The way you are at work starts to change. Why? Because God and the Holy Spirit start to do something with inside of you. This is what happened to Mary. The Holy Spirit came and breathed upon her and she carried the Son of God. What happens when God comes upon us is He breathes His Spirit upon us and we become carriers of the Holy Spirit. And in carrying the Holy Spirit, we give birth to God' purposes around our life. We bring heaven to earth. We pray for the sick. We prophesy. We declare over those around our life. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is upon us. Our whole life alters. You know, in Acts 21, verse 13, we have Paul here and and Paul is about to go to Jerusalem, he's had a guy come in and, and prophesy over him and speak over him and say, hey, listen, you're going to be persecuted. You're going to find yourself in places where you're going to be bound and you're going to be held bondage and, and you're going to be jailed and all these things. And the, the believers that are around Paul, they start to hear him and they're like, Paul, right now, we can't let you go. You need to stay with us. You're protected here in the family. And Paul's like, you know what? No, I am called. I have to go. And we pick it up here and Paul answers them and says, Why are you crying and breaking my heart? I am not willing to be part, I am willing to put, to be put into jail for the Lord Jesus. I am even willing to die for him in Jerusalem. Since he could not, since that we could not get Paul to change his mind, we gave up and prayed, Lord, please make us willing to do what you want. In other words, he altered. He changed the willingness of those around him. Your willingness will affect those around you. Your willingness will change those around you. Yep. Here we have Paul. Paul's like, you know what? I'm going to Jerusalem. You know, if I get put into jail, so be it. If I get put to death, so be it. But I have a willingness to work out the gospel. I have a willingness to share the gospel. I have a willingness to preach the gospel. And when everyone looked at him like, okay, we're going to do the same. When you have a willingness, it rubs off on those around you. A willingness to share the gospel, a willingness to stand up. Our willingness makes all the difference in those around us. Paul stirred, Willingness in those around him. Mary's willingness brought salvation to the generations. Yes. Our obedience to the will of God in a defining moment matters. Our obedience to the will. Mary's obedience, her willingness mattered. We wouldn't be sitting here today without her obedience. Do you have a willingness? Heart. Do you have a willing heart? Mary had a willing heart. The second is Joseph, the stepfather. The stepfather. You know, how many times... Do, and this is my personal experience. How many times, gentlemen... And if you're not married yet, you will, you will go through this. How many times, gentlemen... Does your wife say yes to something? Then she comes home and tells you. And you look at her and your immediate response is, why? Why would you say yes? Why? Do you know what that means? It's like, I'm going to put on a party. I'm like, why? Why? Do you know how much work that means to me? Not let alone you, but, but me. You know what you've just done to my whole week? You know what? But, but then all of a sudden, as a, as a true gentleman, as a, a true husband, you realize she was right. Don't you hate that? It's like we are on holidays a couple of weeks ago and we went to Agnes Water's. And if you've ever been there, there is nothing there. It's perfect. It is the place to go. Why? Because there's nothing there. So, so for me, I love the nothing box. I love the, I, I like going holidaying and I like going to Poland. Why? Because no one speaks English. I like it. But, but, but we were there and... and um, it was raining, as it does, and we're in a unit. And Carolina's like, "You know, how about we just just drive down to Bundaberg? Like, they've got a gaming parlor. It'd be great. You know, we could spend the day there." I just looked at her. I'm like, "Why?" <laughs> I didn't say that because I know better now. <laughs> but I'm like, "Okay." I will admit I had a bit of resistance. But we got the kids in the car and, you know, four kids and it's raining and, and, and it's just bucketing and, and we're driving and we're driving for a half an hour and, and she, t- she turns to me and she's like, how long do you reckon this will take? I turned around her and I'm like, we got another hour to go. And her immediate response was, oh, that's why you look like that in the unit. Like, But who knows that it was the right decision because when we got there, the kids loved it. It was great. It was perfect. But sometimes we just need to have a willingness. And I look at Joseph. You know, what would have been going on in his head at that moment? You think about it. You know, that that time. What would have been going on in his head? You know, often... You can determine a lot about an individual based on what they do. Do you realize that? You can determine a lot about an individual based on what they do. In times of pressure, conflict, accusations, you will truly know what a person is made of. You know, right there in that moment, Joseph would have been feeling the heat. Do you realize that? In that moment... Think about it. Your wife to be rocks up at the door. You get a knock. Joseph, I've just got to talk to you for a moment. Um, I'm pregnant. what do you reckon the look on his face would have been? But it would have got better. Because she would have been like, I'm pregnant and it's not yours. <laughs> How would you feel? Like, honestly. Honestly. The guy's standing there, he's like... And then she busts out, it's God's. <laughs> like... How would you be in that moment? You know, what does he tell his mates? Yeah, it was God. (laughs) Like, come on. Have you thought about this part of the story? Like a lot of us, we go, yeah, it's nice. Baby Jesus in a manger, the saviour of the world. Yeah, maybe it was God. You know, it was God. We read the Bible. We trust in the Bible. That's what we believe. But here's Joseph. He's in this place. And if you have a look in Matthew 1, 19, it talks about his response. It says, then, Joseph, her husband, being a just man. I love that moment. Being a just man. The just will live by faith. Takes me back to all those scriptures. Being a just man and not wanting to make public example of her. Right there not wanting to make a public example of her, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Right there in that moment, you find out who Joseph is. You find out that he is a good guy, he is a just guy, he is a spiritual guy, he is obedient. But most of all, I read that scripture and I find out that he is a gracious man. Because all of a sudden it doesn't become about him, it becomes about Mary, it becomes about his loved one. Because he hears about the situation right there, he's not sure whether it's God. Because when she busts through the door, she's telling him and he's like, but his first response is right now, how can I deal with this quietly? How can I keep her? How can I make sure that she keeps her dignity? Because in those moments, in those days, if that had happened to most other people, she would have been stoned and put to death. But his first response is, well, how can I protect this person that I love? And in the having that response shows you the heart of who God chose to parent his son, to be a stepfather. Someone with a gracious heart. Doesn't it sound like someone else we know? God Himself. With a gracious heart. Joseph didn't react out of anger, hurt, disappointment to the news of Mary's pregnancy. Instead, he was thoughtful, kind, and level headed. Psalm 86, verse 15, it says, But you, O Lord, are a God who protects and is merciful, gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in loving kindness and truth. God chose someone with the very characteristics that he has himself to oversee his son. I love how God chooses someone that, is, that has a willing heart, but then also someone who is gracious and true. Someone who is gracious and true. Joseph's response enabled him to be a reciprocative of the Spirit and learning that Mary truly carried God's son. You know, grace gave Joseph the ability to see with clarity. Grace gave Joseph the opportunity to keep a relationship. I reckon there's a key for us right there. When you think about it, grace gives you and I the ability to see with clarity. You know, when, when we start to look at things and we start to see things with a gracious heart, it gives us the ability to pull away and see with the right perspective. Yeah. Is that when all of a sudden we go in with anger within our heart, hot-tempered, we, we see out of, out of a lens of frustration, but when we pull away with a gracious heart, we can start to look at the whole picture and start to see what is truly taking place. Grace gives us the ability to see with clarity. But then also too, grace gives us the ability to keep relationships. And in this day and age, relationship is the most important thing we could ever have. Relationship with each other. The relationship that we have with our wife, with our husband. The relationship that we have with our family is the most important thing. So when we apply grace to our life, it makes, gives us the ability to see the whole picture and to keep relationship. In this time of year, I pray that we have the grace. The grace to engage our loved ones. And and for some of us, it might take a lot of grace. Not just the person next to you, that's that's you. You know, because let's face it, family is family, you can't pick them. But sometimes it takes grace to love them. Well, it's a bit quiet in here. Is that just my family? Sorry. But sometimes we just need grace. Grace keeps relationship. Do you have a gracious heart? Grace is not earned. It is offered. Let me tell you that again. Grace is not earned. It is offered. It is offered. If you're waiting... For loved ones to earn your grace, to earn your respect, to earn your honour, I want to tell you, it's actually given. It's not earned. It's offered. And then time and time again, you'll have to offer it again. Time and time again, you'll have to cover them with grace again, cover them with love again, cover them with mercy again. That's what our Father does for you and I, day in and day out, covers us with grace, covers us with mercy. Grace is never just enough. Let me tell you this, grace is always enough. Grace is always enough. It's not never enough, it's always enough. Mary responds, was with a willing heart. Joseph's response was with a gracious heart. My challenge to us today is do we have a willing heart to the things of God? Do we have a gracious heart to fulfil the call of God? To fulfil the call of God to love one another? To love one another? To show His grace and His mercy to each other? So today, I want to pray that we will have a willing grace around our lives so that people can experience the heart of God and so that people will come to a revelation of who God is. Father God, I thank you that we have an amazing church. Lord God, I thank you that that each and every one of us are, are willing, are willing to come and See who you are. We're willing to come and lay our life before you. But Lord God, in our willingness, Father, I pray that you give us a gracious heart. Lord God, so that we can extend your grace to all humanity, just as you've extended your grace to us. Lord God, give us the ability to see with clarity how you see things. Lord God, give us the ability to say yes when you speak. Lord, that we will never miss the the God moments that you put in our life. Lord God, that we'll be able to hear with clarity who you are and who you're speaking to us about or what you would like us to do, Father, today. Give us that ability. But God, right now, with a willing heart, Lord, give us the ability to serve you to share your love in every area of our life. Lord God, as we heard about Mary, we thank you that she had a willing heart, that she said yes to carrying your Son, the Saviour of the world. And we do believe that it was a virgin birth we do believe that Mary and Joseph raised him for one purpose only that he would die on a cross and show your grace to show your gracious heart to all humanity to pay for our sins a debt that we would never be able to pay on our own Why? Because no matter how hard we try, we could never do it. But instead, you sent your Son to die. We thank you. We thank you, Father, for that moment. Spirit of God. Right now, just with heads bowed and eyes closed. I want to give an invitation. And and I look at the story of Jesus. I read through the Bible from Genesis right through to Revelation. And in the story, it's bringing humanity back to God. In the Garden of Eden... God created humanity, He created Adam and Eve to walk with Him. And as you read through Genesis, it talks about in the Garden of Eden where God would come down and walk with them. And through sin, what took place, through through disobedience, separated us from God. God's desire to walk with us. And so that's why He sent His Son to die on a cross so that as we believe upon Him and as we believe upon Him so we can walk with Him again. And today I want to put this question to you. Is are you walking with Him? Do you have a relationship with Him? And when you walk with Him, what it's saying is, God, I trust You. God, I thank You for Your grace. I thank You for Your mercy. But God, today, I thank You. Right now, I'm going to pray a prayer. and If you want to be included in this prayer, I would love for you just to raise your hand. If you're not walking with God, and you would love to walk with God, I want to include you in a prayer right now. And just as I look across, just raise your hand so I know who I'm praying with. My well, heads are bowed and eyes are closed. As I look across, Father God, I thank you for the hearts in this place. Lord God, right now, for those that have made a decision to walk with you. Lord God, I pray that as they declare that you are their Lord and Saviour, as they believe in Jesus Christ. Lord, right now, that your Holy Spirit would come and dwell in them. And from this moment forth, Father, that they would walk with you. They would trust you. They would come to know you. But God, with their willingness to let you in today, Father, I I pray that people will look upon their life and that there would be no denying that they've had a God encounter a God encounter. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. Come on, let's give God a hand.